0: Are you ready to hear about a miracle? We're gonna continue our conversation with Barnabas from China today. You're going to be introduced to one of the most amazing and ongoing miracles that is taking place in China today. I'm Mark Tyler, president of 360Serve. Thanks so much for being with us. 360Serve is all about a new way to do missions. We help you support indigenous church planners who live in their countries, they know their language and culture, and they're very effective in reaching their own people for Christ. The reason we do this podcast is to share with you the great things of what God is doing all over the world because of your support in sending these indigenous church planters into full-time gospel ministry into these least reached countries in our world today. So thank you for your prayers and your support, and I pray that you'll be encouraged and blessed today by what you're about to hear. I also trust that you've been enjoying getting to know our movement leader from China, Barnabas. Today's episode will give you a close-up view of the existence, the function of these underground Bible schools in China that are equipping hundreds of Chinese church planters to take the gospel throughout the nation. Are you ready? Here we go. Well, we're excited to be back with Barnabas from China. He's uh, been giving us some great insight into what God is doing in this nation of China, largest nation on planet Earth, 1.4 billion people. Barnabas, uh, we're going to talk about something I don't think most people in uh, the United States and probably our supporters, those who are listening, are even really aware of and that's these underground Bible schools that actually we help support and that I know you have a big heart for, and we want to just hear this story. Can you share with us, uh, you know, why these exist and what they're about? And so tell us this story of the underground Bible schools.
1: Uh, Of course, yes. Uh, There are many underground Bible schools in China starting in the early 90s. Right now, there are a lot of outside churches and NGOs, I mean, Christian NGOs and uh, seminary from Hong Kong, from Singapore, Taiwan and from the West. They are also doing training, uh, some kind of training for pastors in uh, the big cities in China. But we are talking underground Bible schools for teenagers, for the younger generation. Who want to serve the Lord full time? Usually, outsiders, big churches, big names who are doing training in China, they only, they they will say they want to train the leaders, future church leaders of of China. So they are training pastors. That's a big lead. That's what we have been doing. That's also Pastor Mark is doing uh, in Southeast Asia as well, doing training for. For pastors, existing pastors who are in ministry for five, ten years already,
0: and we're going to do we're going to do an entire segment on that Barnabas. So I look oh, yeah, forward yeah. to that because that's a key good, part good, good. of what our listeners I know want to understand. And so, yeah, please continue about the underground yeah. Bible schools.
1: So right now we are talking about training the really the future generation of church planters and pastors in China. Most of this training are in what we call underground Bible schools. When we talk about underground Bible schools, maybe you have a question. You still have underground Bible schools in China? Let me tell you, yes, uh, this year is 2020. And yes, it's the underground Bible schools still exist in China. If it is in a remote village or smaller towns, uh, there are a few of them over China really underground, and these students will study in these underground facilities for at least three months. The program is for two years, but every three months, we allow them to leave the compound and to go out and to get some fresh air. And uh, so imagine the life in these underground facilities is not very good, very simple facilities, and uh, they don't have a laptop. Uh, But really, their lap is their laptop, you know. Uh, They don't even have a chair.
0: got you've got to describe some of these I know you've been to. I've been to Mm. some. But you've got to describe, because this is amazing to even begin to comprehend what these pastors in training will endure. So maybe describe, you know, one of these that you've been to that is— You know, quite challenging for them to exist in. Describe the, you know, literally the, the environment, what it's like.
1: Yeah, um, it's basically for security reason uh, that we don't want the police, Chinese police, to come to wait the schools. So we find locations in more remote areas. Usually there will be a farmhouse uh, uh, or, or questions that uh, they will hand the. In The older days, nowadays, they, they may use some tools but not electric ones to dig out uh, like a layer basement down in their home near the hillside. Usually, near the hillside, there will be layer like, uh, bigger places, uh, maybe 50 square feet is for for studying for like a classroom, and then two other uh, areas beside it one is for like girl's dormitory and the other one is a boy's dormitory. So you go down, uh, usually when I go into one of them, uh, they pull out their, it's like, let me say, it's in like a master bedroom. The husband and wife stay in their bed and they move the bed off a little bit and there's a cover on the ground and they take out the cover and I just really go down, a go down to a tunnel and the tunnel could be like 10 feet of, or even 20 feet down. And it's just enough for a body to pass through. And then we get down to the underground facilities. And that's the question that I just said. There's uh, usually three different uh, parks. One is the classroom. The other two is the boys and girls dormitory. And, uh, and then they would take another hole out uh, further toilets. That's where they the necessity rooms, and most of the time when these students stay there, usually there will be twenty to maximum thirty students. In it depends on how big the underground facility is, and then the, they will stay there for at least from one month to three months. Depends on the situation in that location. If it's uh, safe, they will let them go out every month. And, but a lot of times they will go out. Every few months, imagine sometimes they they will not be able to see the sun for for the whole month. They really study underground. So that means their commitment is really strong. That they really want to serve the Lord, including the teachers. The teachers is doing the same thing. They stay <laughs> and, and uh, down there. Uh, usually a teacher will, will teach different subjects. We cannot change too many teachers coming in and out of the compound. So that is a briefly description of these underground Bible schools. Uh, But of course, nowadays, there are many, we are renting facilities in in cities, in towns uh, to run Bible schools. Uh, It's the same thing if uh, these teenagers, they are staying in that uh, apartment, uh, they won't be going out every day. There will be Christians around to bring food, to buy food, to bring food to them. Uh, so that they have things to eat. But most of the time, they will be concentrating on their study. Mm-hmm. Most Bible schools, they uh, they will ask their students to memorize 10 to 15 Bible verses per day. They prepare everyone with the theme, the way of the course. Because in China, if you are a church brand, there are pastors, a lot of times we'll be chasing by the police. And nowadays, it's the same. Uh, you may be imprisoned. And in prison, you don't have a Bible. So it's better to to put your Bible in in your heart and in your in in your head, in your brain, so that if you don't have a Bible when you're in prison, uh, the word of the God of God can still comfort you and encourage you. and you can use the Bible verses anytime, even if you don't have a Bible on the street to share the gospel, to to pitch, you you will preach with our Bible. Uh, because a lot of cases, you don't. And in China, a lot of the pastors, they, they, they give away their Bibles uh, to new believers, uh, people who are in need. So most of the pastors, they know their Bibles very well. In these Bible schools, usually they wake up every morning at 5 o'clock. They pray for uh, worship and pray for at least two hours before breakfast. And then there will be teaching time until noon. And uh, they will have lunch. If they have the money, a lot of days, usually they, they will have some simple lunch and then uh, they will have one hour or one and a half hour left because it's a long day, a long study. And then after the lab, around 2.30 or 3 o'clock, uh, they will uh, have a uh, classroom teaching again until six o'clock. Six o'clock will be dinner time. And then in the, in the evening, they will be group prayer time and your personal devotional time. But also you are doing your homework. That's the time you uh, recite, memorize Bible verses and doing your your homework and study of the Bible. Uh, Usually lights off at 10 o'clock and then they wake up again the next day at five. So that's the schedule. Uh, The program is usually for two years. We teach about every every book of the Bible, uh, New Testament, Old Testament survey, and also some uh, systematic theology and also uh, the way of the course, the in-depth study of the four Gospels of uh, the Bible, because uh, Jesus is someone we need to follow. So we need to study what Jesus did uh, when he was on earth. And also uh, we'll teach other evangelistic uh, personal u- evangelism methods and other Uh, how to preach, and all these subjects. We will send in different teachers uh, to help them, but every three months or six months, we will send them back to their home church to practice and to learn, and some will lead. If the the church allows them to preach, they may give uh, starting to preach so that they will gain real-life experience, uh, not just sitting in the classroom for two years. And then they will come back and and start another term for another three months. That's how, how we how we go.
0: It's incredible. <laughs> I can mm-hmm. only imagine what. You know, I've heard this before. I've met these students and teachers. I pray for them, Barnabas, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: I hope our people are just, I, I believe we're being moved by what we hear, the commitment. It's incredible. You know, as they're in these schools, you'd mentioned the schedule, which we just heard, and is this seven days a week? Do they do they do something different on Sundays, the day of worship? I'm trying to remember, Barnabas. I can't remember that part.
1: Yeah, they do uh, Sunday morning. There will be a whole morning of worship time and then uh there's no rest. in the afternoon they was uh, they were in class teaching again
0: mm. wow wow that's incredible
1: yeah it's like seven days a week yeah
0: wow Can you tell maybe just about one life of a student? Is there someone that Mm -hmm. comes to mind that you can put a face to this and then we can, you know, we can wrap up this section. I think it's been incredible. But I think putting a life into this, maybe there's someone you could mention, Barnabas, that would be great.
1: Sure. As I said, uh, underground Bible schools, uh, the purpose is to train the young generation to be pastors. Because if we don't train the younger generation, there will be no pastors in the future for the church in China. So when we are saying uh, training young young generation in the early nineties, uh, they may be they may be as young as fourteen, fifteen years old. Nowadays, usually sixteen, seventeen or eighteen years old. Most of them they at least finish middle school. Most of them they finish high schools, and uh, few of them they they college graduate and come to these kinds of training because they were on fire for the gospel. I, I know uh, uh, we we're doing training and uh, many years ago we have, let me call him Gary. Gary becomes our Bible school student when he is only 15 years old. He just finished middle school and then his parents are dedicated Christians. So they want to give their son to serve the church full time in the future. You know, in China, because of the one-child policy that's been changed right now, uh, they can have two uh, second kid. As a one-child policy for many years, since the late 70s, the child becomes uh, the parent's social security. When the parents said they give their child to serve the Lord, that means they lost their social security. When they get old, no one is making money to help them. Because you know, especially in China, if you serve the Lord, you you don't get much income every month, not fix that income. So that's a, a big sacrifice too. But the church in China is growing is uh, also because many, many Christian parents, they want their kids to serve the Lord. Nowadays, we encourage them to to get more education because you can, before you come to Bible schools. but still, there are many of them. They just finished high finish high school and then they come. Gary, uh, is it's almost like 15 years ago. He came when he's 15. He he's on fire for the gospel. He's a great student. So we train them. And after he graduated for the two-year crosses, and then we send him out two by two. He's traveling to mountain areas uh, in central China. You all knowing. Where's Wuhan in China because of the virus. And uh, in, in that province, there's a uh, mountainous area. You know, when you're in the mountains, you have to walk up to these mountains. And uh, so Gary, when he graduates, is only 17 and a half years old. And we send him with another young man, who's around 18 years old. So, so every day, they walk miles to log on each door of every village to share the gospel with them. And 15 years later right now, uh, I have been to those areas, and many of uh, these villages, there are like 16%, 17 70% of the population there become Christians. And there are many house churches in those areas in central China. So Gary has been a great church planter for many years, and he was arrested at least four times uh, each time spent one one month or the longest time i remember is like one year in prison for young mm. pastors to spend that time in prison is difficult but he always told me it is a uh, it is his honor to be able to suffer for the lord because he said i'm young and i can uh, endure more hardship than the older generations and uh, mm. I, I mean this guy's attitude is just incredible. You know, mm. if uh, sometimes I think if I were Gary, I probably would quit my job. I mean, I, sh- <laughs> I-, I want to serve the Lord, but to be yeah. in prison so many times and every day escape from the police and every day, I don't know when I will be get- getting arrested and I may not be able to get married. I-, I, can- I-, I can have too many, many worries that I don't want to serve the Lord. But this, students, Bible school students, after they graduate, even like 100% they go out and serve the Lord. They know the way of the course in China Mm. is not easy, Mm. but it's their commitment to serve the Lord. So we are training these future pastors and church planters of China, and they have been doing a great job for the Lord. And uh, all glory to our God.
0: Amen. Barnabas, boy, it's just such a privilege for us to uh, partner together in Mm -hmm. supporting these dear brothers and sisters that are just reaching China for Christ. I, I get excited about this because we're going to be opening up kind of a new way to support And uh, Mm. I can kind of share a little bit right now, but just that you can support. Can you imagine supporting one of these underground Bible school, you know, pastors in training, which you can do for $50 a month? that we can get you their picture. I mean, to be Mm. praying for them as they're. Experiencing what you've just described and then seeing them, like Gary, going to ministry into these unreached areas, I just think what a privilege and what a difference this makes. And I'm so glad, Barnabas, that you've enlightened us, you've shared with us about this reality. I know there are several schools that we help you support, mm. and we're thrilled yes. to do that. Yes, thank and you. We're going to continue mm. to do so and continue to pray for that. So, thank you, Barnabas. It's been a joy, man, just to mm. to hear you. hear your heart on this area. And uh, God bless you, brother.
1: Thank you so much. God bless you too.
0: Wow! What an exciting episode. Isn't it amazing that as you and I are here in the United States doing what we are doing right now, whatever that is, there are hundreds of Chinese church planners who are right now being trained in these underground Bible schools in China. You just heard Barnabas describe it. Kind of put that in your mind's eye. You know, I've had the privilege of visiting these underground Bible schools. I've had the honor of actually preaching in them. They're in my eye, my mind's eye right now as I'm speaking to you. Here's your action step of the day. Wouldn't it be amazing to support an underground Bible school church planner in training? You can. If you want to support a church planner who is right now at this moment attending one of these underground Bible schools, you can do it right now. Go to 360serve.org, click on projects, and then click on training. And support an underground Bible school church planner from China. It's $50 per month we will mail to you their profile, their picture, their story. So you and your family, you're supporting them. And you're also praying for them as they're being trained and uh, in this underground Bible school in China. How awesome is that? You know, Galatians 610, it says this, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of God. So I want to thank you, 360Serve family, for doing good to those who belong to the family of God all over the world. I can't wait for our next episode. Barnabas, he's going to share with us the stories of church planners who have most touched his life over the years. Get ready to hear some incredible stories that will move your heart and touch your life in deep and profound ways. Until then, may the Lord bless you.